Hey everybody, welcome to Regardless, You've Got This. I'm your host, Skylar Sorkin. Say hello to the syllabus for your 20-something soul. The syllabus you never received in college is finally making an appearance. This podcast will inspire you to create your very own 20-something syllabus, ultimately guiding you towards your sole purpose regardless of self-doubt and what others think. Alrighty, let's just get to work. Coffee is very, very important to me. I have to have a coffee or a matcha literally every single day. If I don't have coffee or matcha, I'm not a person and I'm pretty unapproachable. I'm not sure if anyone else is like that, but that is for sure a non-negotiable for me. One of my absolute favorite, favorite coffee companies right now is Quokka Brew. It's actually the market's first fully caffeinated jitterless coffee. After you're done, you know, taking a couple of sips, you don't feel anxious, you don't feel nervous, um, but you still feel energized and really ready to tackle on your day. What's cool about Quokka is that it offers really the same caffeine that's equivalent of about one and a half cups of coffee. Their oat milk is absolutely delicious. I am lactose intolerant, so I love that they have oat milks and they're all vegan. They do provide energy, but again, you're not the same jittery or anxiety that you typically get from drinking a normal cup of coffee or you know the midday crash that many people do experience from other caffeinated products. And Quokka is really able to do this by brewing in certain active ingredients found in green tea and matcha and kind of provide this, what their community describes as a feeling of calm and really just clean energy. My absolute favorite flavor by them has to be their vanilla ready to drink oat milk lattes. Um, Their chocolate one is also amazing as well. And they use fair trade coffee beans sourced from South America. And for all of my health, gut, amazing nutritionists out there and people who are just really, you know, not wanting to have too much sugar, there's only five grams of sugar and only 60 calories per can. So I am providing my Regardless community with a discount code, which is REGARDLESS15 and is now live for 15% off everything site-wide at quokabrew.com. We are also doing a giveaway in which the winner will receive a free six-pack of Quokka, a Quokka shot glass, and a shirt. If you're interested in winning this giveaway, you must do the next three steps. So number one, you must follow Quokka Brew on Instagram at Quokka Brew. Number two, of course, follow at RegardlessThePod on Instagram. And number three please leave regardless a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Um, And then I will let you guys know who wins, but so excited and let's get to it. Hey, 20 somethings and welcome back to another regardless. You got this, the syllabus for your 20 something soul. I have a question for you all, but before let's just take a deep breath all together. So Okay, let's just reflect upon our life um, just for me for a couple of seconds. So throughout your day, you know, really from starting your day, waking up, brushing your teeth to really hopping on your first Zoom meeting to your lunches, your workouts, any evening routines, are you thriving or are you surviving? And be honest with yourself. At the end of each day, are you feeling just exhausted, drained, 
maybe you feel like you took 10 steps back that day and you could literally sleep forever (laughs) dreading the next day. Or are you feeling maybe this lack of energy or even passion about waking up the next day and, and just really kicking ass in your job? If you're feeling this way, then you're probably just surviving. And I do think this is common for a lot of 20 something year olds. You know, I feel like a lot of the times we can feel maybe like we're just surviving with how many tasks we're juggling in a day and this pressure to be perfect at work with our friends and even how we appear on social media. But just imagine if we're thriving, imagine how we could wake up just feeling so energized and stoked to take on our day, having this zest for life to work and approaching each day in a different energy and it not feeling like Groundhog's Day because, you know, it's been crazy with COVID and remote work. So let's talk about surviving versus thriving. In honor of this awesome topic, I would absolutely love to introduce you all to Peggy Sullivan, who is the CEO at SheCan, a national women's nonprofit that empowers women to grow personally and professionally. She is also the author of Happiness is Your Responsibility and is a women leadership speaker as well as a mindset expert. Peggy, welcome. I am so honored to have you here on my platform, and I can't wait to just take some nuggets from you and bring them along with me in my journey. It is my pleasure to be here, and I believe empowered women empower women. So any chance I get to share my story, so maybe some women out there don't have to do something the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> get a couple of tips to get there a little smoother, a little bit more succinct, then I'm in. So that's great. We're going to have so a great awesome. conversation. I'm excited. And I would absolutely love to just share a little bit on how we actually met. Um, it was at Marsum, which was a marketing global conference in Las Vegas this past year. And I just remember you being on stage and I'm like, I have to meet this woman. And you were talking about surviving versus thriving. And I was like, Sky. You're just going to go up to her and talk to her. So I remember approaching you and I just fell in love ever since. And we've been in touch and you are now one of my awesome mentors and have been really helping me, you know, transition through this career transformation I'm in right now. And I've also just joined She Can, the community, and I'm so excited to meet all the amazing women and just learning and growing with you all. So it's just really exciting. I want to tee up this episode with a fill in the blank. If you could kind of just sum up your journey into one regardless. So maybe regardless of the limitations you have faced, the moments you've experienced of perhaps just getting by or being in this state of survival, how have you made it to where you are now as a CEO, speaker, author, mindset expert? I think that my philosophy has been fail forward. You know, I'm, I'm a really, really hard worker and I'm a risk taker and I'm not afraid to make mistakes because every time I make a mistake, I can step back and learn and grow mm-hmm. from that. And quite honestly, it's, it's been my biggest mistakes that have been my b- biggest successes because I get the opportunity to learn from them. So if I were to give any woman, any advice, I would say it's okay to fail. There is no failure. 
You learn from everything you do. And it's okay to take a couple of risks because Mm -hmm. really when you look at the worst case scenario, it's usually never as bad as you imagine it. No, I love that. So fill in the blank for me here, Pegs, if that's okay. Regardless of blank, I'm blank. And maybe there's a way we can kind of incorporate that feeling forward within that statement. Regardless of whatever is going on around me, I consider myself the happiness rainmaker. My job is to spread happiness throughout the world. Everybody is going through so much trauma, so much heartache. I reside in Buffalo, New York. We just had the shootings here. They were really traumatic. As a matter of fact, one of our board members lost her mother-in-law. So there's, there's just always really hard, challenging things going on. And I'm a firm believer that we have to create our own happiness mm-hmm. oasis. You know, we have to filter out these things and find some joy in life and make sure that we're doing the things that fuel us, that really, really excite us. And so for me, my journey has been filled with really understanding what fuels me and making sure that I have those things in my life on a regular basis. Awesome. And wouldn't you say that would be similar to values and really understanding what your values are in order to really curate happiness throughout every area of your life? Values um, in the traditional sense, so many people, when you ask them what their values are, they'll give you little one, like I'm kind, you know, I respect, Mm -hmm. I, you know, family, they'll give you these short, compact answers. And, And for me, the definition of value is what's important to you? What in your life can you not live without? What when you go to bed at night and you didn't get a chunk of that, you feel like you were missing something. You know, one of my core values is doing hard things. And it took me a long time to acknowledge the fact that I like doing hard things. I mean, who really likes doing hard things, right? You know, but I ran my first marathon when I was 50 years old because I just love a big challenge. To me, the feeling that you get when you do something way out of your comfort zone and you succeed is beyond amazing. So for me, to get back to your question, values are the things that are important to you in a very unique way. They're not about family. They're not about friends. They're about your wow factor. What makes you feel alive? What Mm -hmm. makes you come alive? What makes you feel just energized. And for me, like there's no other way to live. We only get one trip, right? And I'll tell you, I spent a good portion of my life with the eat, work, sleep, repeat theme. And it was Mm -hmm. wonderful. I loved it. I had a great job. I traveled the world. I got to see places that I never would have seen. Singapore, Island, you know, Hong Kong, just these great cities. But in reality, that eat, work and sleep, it was fueling me, but it wasn't really leaving me satisfied. I didn't have time for the things that were really, really important. You know, it's kind of funny. I've just been doing a lot of market research about the concept of busyness. Yeah. And the American culture really idolizes busyness. 
We feel like if somebody is busy, then they're super important. And more importantly, they're really successful. You know, you think about the doctors you want to get into. And when they tell you it's a six-month wait, you're like, well, he must be good. That's yeah. great. You know, when Same you've got like a friend rest- who's busy all the time, she's got to be successful. But the price you pay with busyness, I mean, yes, you get stuff done, which makes you feel really good. But busyness is overwhelming and exhausting. Mm. And in the United States, we, we value and idolize it. But in other countries, it's a sign of not having control of your life. And it's a sign of not really knowing yourself well enough to know what you need to thrive. That's so true. I find myself a lot in this constant routine of just waking up, working out, working, and then maybe social plans or client meetings. And people are like, Skylar, you're always busy. And I'm like, yeah, but to me, that's not always a positive thing. Like I still want my time to regroup, maybe sleep in a little bit, maybe journal, like take time for myself. But it is interesting how we put people into these groups of like, oh, if she's busy, she's like either doesn't care about me or she's really Mm -hmm. successful. It's more of a I think we assume a lot of things about a person with busyness and I think it's cool with values is to really, you know, if you're always busy, you're not really able to really understand or discover your values or really find more of those states where you're really in flow. Yeah. I mean, we, so many of us, we have a things to do list, right. And it totally drives us and there's everything on that list. But in reality, is taking care of yourself on that list? Mm. Is self-care on that list? Is, you know, going out? One of my favorite things I do every single night is I take my 22-pound white cat, I throw them in a baby stroller, and I take them for a five-mile walk. You do not. (laughs) And I have so much fun because people constantly come up to me and they expect a child, they expect a baby and they see my cat just sitting there. Oh, so cute. And lately I've taught them how to walk by the stroller and everything. And those two hours that I walk are some of the best quality time in my life. And I've gotten to the point where I hard schedule them in. You know, my husband's like, what about time with me? Or somebody's about, what about drinks? I'm like, no, it's me time, me team, my time. I got to have my time. And the other thing I think that people aren't doing is actually scheduling time to do the work. We are a society who goes from meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting. And we don't take a stop and think, am I really needed at all of these meetings? Am I really adding value? Would it be possible for me to ask the person who's giving the meeting just to get the notes so I don't have to go? Mm -hmm. We need time to work. We never leave ourselves any time to work. So I think that's another thing to escape busyness is to make sure that you hard calendar time to actually get your stuff done. I never take a meeting on a Friday afternoon. Friday afternoons are my time to catch up and absolutely recalibrate. Yeah. And I think also for scheduling and time to do the work, how I actually originally, what I thought you originally meant was scheduling in time to do like self-work 
whether that's like figuring out where your thoughts are, maybe you have a huge decision to make personally, socially, or even in your career is actually setting time in the day to sit down, pause, reflect, and figure it out. You know, instead of just having to go from point A to point Z and thinking so quickly on our toes, I think we really do make better decisions if we have time to just pause. And that's something that's really helped me in this past year. Think about it. Nothing great, nothing awesome was done in between meetings. Mm. Really? You can't write a book in between meetings. You can't help another person. I mean, so many amazing things can't be done in between meetings. And it is so important to refresh. I'm really lucky because she can, my nonprofit, we get to learn all the time and learn how to prioritize ourselves and learn all about self-care. Yesterday, I was at a conference in Detroit and it was really fun because I asked the women to take a moment and to write down all the reasons why They didn't get a good night's sleep. They didn't eat properly. They didn't work out and they didn't have fun in their day. And they spent five minutes writing down all these reasons. And then I told them, okay, now take that, roll it in a ball and throw it over your shoulder because there is no excuse in the world not to take care of yourself. You are no good to anyone Mm -hmm. if you're exhausted. You're no good to yourself. It doesn't feel good. So self-care, you know, so much has to start with self-care. For me, eating, sleeping, and working out, yeah. those three things are huge priorities for me. Yeah. I think it's also finding like your non-negotiables, whether it's in your day-to-day or dating or, you know, making plans. It's like having this non-negotiable, you know, like I'm not able to do this unless I'm fueled with this in my day. And for me, that's Mm -hmm. for sure moving my body. Um, That's for sure meditating. That's for sure making my peanut butter smoothie. It's having these non-negotiables that you're like, you know, I got to do this before I'm able to fully show up as me. And I think that's really, really important. You did share your definition of values, which I really, really loved. But I think I kind of want to hear your definition of surviving and thriving and perhaps what the difference is between these two words. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, surviving is not a bad thing. People think that surviving, it it sounds like a bad thing. And it's really not because it means you're getting by. It means you're getting stuff done. But the difference between surviving and thriving is this feeling of satiation, this Mm. feeling of satisfaction, this feeling that you can't wait for your next day to begin. And you can hardly go to bed at night thinking about how much fun you had on that particular day. I can remember one um, time in my life, and it was during COVID, and I ran um, run a woman's nonprofit, and a lot of our events were live. COVID hits, right? No live events. I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, how are we going to make money and how are we going to, you know, continue? And so I decided to go on a walk and I'm walking, I'm walking and I see Walter. I always see Walter on my walks. And Who is Walter, Walter is a dog. Okay. Inside an electric fence. And Walter is playing with a butterfly on his nose. And the butterfly is sitting on its nose. He's 
teeing it up, the butterfly comes back on his nose. And this goes on for 10 minutes. And I was walking and I was so consumed in myself, my thoughts, but being able to be, when you're thriving, you have this ability to be present. You have the ability to know there is, the past is over with. You can't, you spend your time ruminating about the past. There's no value in that. You spend yourself ruminating or thinking about the future, which you really can't control. There's no value in that. So what do we have left? We have the present, the here and the now. And so just enjoying each day, to me, that's what thriving is all about. And you don't necessarily have to have a lot to thrive. Thriving isn't about money. It's not about status. It's it's so about knowing yourself and going through the process of understanding your values. It's hard stuff. Right after I started She Can, I, I was busy all the time and I started to really understand that, you know, I was doing well and things were really great, but I wasn't thriving. So I sat down to think about my values Mm. and I couldn't, I couldn't spit them out. And so I got a cup of coffee, walked around the block. I'm thinking, okay, this is just going to take me a half a day. I'm going to spit out my values. Well, this went on for two days Mm. and I could not figure out what my values were. And then I started to look back on my life and think about the times in my life where I was proud and beyond happy. And Mm. what were the things that made up those things? And I kind of wrote them on a similar, uh, on a piece of paper. And then I started to draw links that what were the common denominators? You know, I I talked about um, doing hard things being one of my values. Um, Another value for me is I love childlike play. I think that we don't do it enough where we just throw away all the rules and we go dance in the rain or do chalk on the sidewalk or just do something that adults don't normally do because it just feels Feels so good. The other night, um, my cat and I, we were walking and there was... um, there's a playground. And so I put my cat in one of these children's swings. And I sat in a swing and I pushed him, pushed myself, pushed him, pushed myself. It was like so much friggin' fun. And all these little kids were looking at me like, what the heck are you doing? And one of them asked me, she says, lady, don't you think you're too old for the swings? And I said, I'm never too old to swing. So do you think in terms of approaching a thriving mindset and being interested in it, do you think it would be smart for people to start with mapping out their values, understanding them, getting really certain, and then from there trying to find places within their everyday where they can start to actualize their values within their schedules? Unlocking your values is certainly the first step. Okay. And it's not necessarily an easy step. It might take a little time to figure out what your values are, what's really important to you. And I usually give a couple of clues. Like if it's really a value, it's not about somebody else. It's about you. And it's about like if there was nobody left on earth, what would you be doing? What would give you joy? 
That's what would a great you, question. You know, make you have fun. And you really need to kind of look at values a little differently than the traditional sense of the word. You know, what do I want to not live without? What do I have to have in my life? And that's why for me, looking back on my life and the times that were the highlights just gave me a really good feel for the things that will be really rewarding to me in the future. So unlocking your values is definitely really important. But the other thing that I would add to that is, you know, we tend to think about our values as being personal or being professional and kind of making them different. And we're in a society where you're, there's a blurred line between your personal and your professional life. So your values has to be something that you can do in both worlds. You mm. need to be able to make sure that your values make sense at the workplace and that they also make sense when you're spending you know, time for on your personal development or just things that you really enjoy. What has your personal experience been with surviving versus thriving? Can you share a specific moment in time where you really felt stuck in this survival mode? And I know you mentioned something about that. Usually in my life, I had pivotal moments, right? Mm -hmm. Things where things were turned so upside down that I'm like, this, this just isn't, it doesn't make sense. And mm. I can't continue. I'll give you an example. Yeah. I can remember I had this amazing job for United Healthcare and I was working 12 hours a day. And I can remember one day come and raising and being a single mother and raising a child. And I can remember coming home from work one day and just being exhausted and being really, really tired. And so I decided I was just going to grab something to eat and go to bed. And then my poor little kitty cat comes kind of snuggling up on my legs and he's hungry too. And he's meowing. So I go and give him a couple of kibbles and all I can find to eat is some pistachio nuts in my house. And I wake up on the couch, fully clothed to the sound of my cat throwing up pistachio nuts and me realizing I ate a handful of cat food without <sighs> even realizing it. I was so mindlessly going through the motion. Yeah. I thought, oh, these are just stale. Like I consciously said to myself, these are really salty. These just must be stale. And I literally ate the handful, you know, for a couple of yeah. minutes without even really realizing it. And it just made me feel like, oh my God, I'm a mindless zombie. This isn't how I want to live the rest of my life. Oh no, and I, I can think relate. I've had other aha moments, <laughs> you know, where a failed marriage, um, a death of somebody I love, they're all moments that, that make you think. But really, all you have to do is say to yourself, do I want more? Do I want more out of life? Why do I want to have more fulfillment, more satisfaction? And really starting to live a value-driven life when life is good is a good place to start. You don't have to be in this surviving or in this point in your life where you've hit rock bottom. Many times that's when we do it. But you also asked about how do we make ourselves accountable for a life of thriving and a mm. value-driven lifestyle. And I know for me, every night before I go to bed, 
I have a values report card that I fill out. And I know my values. I know them backwards and forward, inside and out. And I just grade myself. And if there is a value that I didn't get a really high grade for or something I missed out on that particular day, it's a priority for the next day. That is so cool. It is. And it's simple. And it doesn't take time. You know, I I would say the whole this value driven lifestyle, it's it's been a game changer in my life. The women that I've taught it to have really turned their lives around in terms of the let really the level of satisfaction, the level of wow, and then all the confidence that comes with that. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, all of a sudden you get to feel really confident because you're really, your dreams are coming true and you're living the life you want, not living the life that most other people are living. It's, it's a cool way to approach life. It's really cool. Do you have a specific template that you utilize for your values report card? I'm in the process. Yes, I do. Okay. Um, but it's 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 just a piece of paper with lines on it. Okay. And all I do is I write my top four values, one, two, three, four, and then I give myself a pass or a fail next to them. Sometimes okay. I'll give myself a one out of ten. You know, very simple. It shouldn't be anything complicated at all. You know, once you really start to live your values you need to think about them on a regular basis. And if they're not, if, if, if you're not living your values, if you're not having a taste of them on a regular basis, that's not really a good thing. You know, I had a friend who was telling me how much she was looking forward to vacation and mm-hmm. how she lived sort of from exotic vacation to exotic vacation. And I'm like, well, what about in between? You know, I mean, you get to take vacation four or five times a year. What about all that time in between? And that's what this is really all about. Yeah. You know, it's it's about focusing every day on what's important to you day in, day out. Doesn't have to be a complicated system. There are so many complicated systems out there. I would say the true um part, the part that is a little bit hard is just really being able to unlock your values. Um, And I lead uh, values driven workshops all the time to help people, you know, unlock their values. And many times it's just a process. It takes a little bit of time for women to really think about and and men and men. This is a podcast for all genders. So, oh, yeah. And And, and quite (laughs) frankly, um, for the men, I mean, the good news about the men is that men tend to know what's important to them and what they value. They have an easier opportunity or they have an easier time identifying them. I found that that all the audiences that I've worked with, most of the men have been able to articulate it. It may be the difference between Mm. male, female, and the traditional female, how we're always, it's in our DNA to be caregivers, to be nurturers, to take care of of everybody around us, the traditional roles, as much as we're getting away from that, it's still in our genes. It's in our blood. 
that's, you know, it's, it's how our grandmothers and their grandmothers grew up. And so it's really hard to take a step back and say, this isn't about my family. This isn't about anybody else. I love them all, but this is about me, my life. Yeah. And I can only imagine too, with men, I mean, they have, there's tons of pressures like around them to make a certain amount of money to raise a family. And maybe they think that some of their values should be that because of what society is, you know, putting on them. But I think, I think it goes both ways for men and women. So it is really, really interesting. But again, I think it's cool what I was saying before about scheduling in time to do the self-work. And I think that's where the values report card comes in because, you know, maybe you can kind of pick throughout your day where you feel the most energized and passionate about doing so. But I like to do a lot of my self-work in the evenings because I'm not as stressed on like getting to work and working out and getting my life, you know, together. Um, but you know, maybe for me is start to incorporate this values report card, a part of my evening, like Zen zone routine, where I can incorporate it into my journal prompts or meditation reading. So I think there's a lot of ways that people can get creative with adding values within their self-work time yeah, or whatever you want to call it. To recommend a value yeah. to anybody and everybody, one value that we can all embrace that would be so amazing and would be game-changing in our world as it is today is helping others. Mm, That is one of my core values. And sometimes I just do small little things like I'll bring a receptionist, a cup of coffee and a donut and make their day. Or other times I'll see a stranger in a grocery store and I'll be like, I want to help you with your groceries. My name is Peggy, but helping others is so rewarding. Mm. And it is something that this world doesn't have enough of. So I would recommend for anybody who's trying to figure out your values, you can start with helping others. And it'll be a value that will give back to you 20 zillion times over. And it's not even that hard. You can do a little something every single day to help somebody else. And it really makes a difference in their lives. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I love making just like strangers like laugh or smile, even if it's just being extra kind, you know, at the grocery store to someone or what I like to do is like, if I'm jamming out, like in my car, I'll turn to like the person in the car next to me and just start dancing. And then they start laughing and start dancing with me, but it's just about spreading this energy. And I think that for sure should be a value. And you never know by exchanging energy. I mean, what really could come of that? And maybe that's just making your life a little bit more bright. You never know, but I think that's a Harvard research study that says happiness is contagious And that if a happy person or a positive person enters a room, the other people in the room are 87% more likely to be able to um, improve their mood and get into a different mindset. And the other, I think, statistic is there's been a lot of research around it takes 90 seconds to game change your mindset, 90 Mm. seconds. And you can do it with something as simple as a mantra. Today's going to be amazing. I, for the longest time, right after my husband left me and I was worried finances and this and that, my first husband, 
I used to get up in the morning and just say to myself, I got this. I got this. Mm-hmm. And Regardless, say, you've got this. I've got this. And every point in the day when something hard would come my way or I'd have a worry, I just would say, no, I got this. I got this. You know, and I, I think there are so many small things that, that we can do that can really make our lives positive and, and, and more productive. And, and that's the other thing I noticed when I'm living a value driven lifestyle, I am so productive. Mm-hmm. There's this sense of accomplishment that feels so much better than a things to do list or finishing a task yeah. you know, on a day that I got my values in and I got all of them in. I'm like, wow, today was a really good day. And then I challenged myself, I'm going to do that tomorrow. And so cool. it just feels so good. You, you just feel filled, you know? Yeah. And you're, and it's because you're living to your most authentic self and your highest purpose. I mean, everything yep. is in alignment. If you're really curating and cultivating a value-driven schedule each day, I mean, I hate to use the word schedule, but you're finding time to incorporate your values throughout every second of your day. I mean, that's a dream life. Oh yeah. It, yeah. It I love it. Is. But we are all entitled to live our dream lives, I right? I mean, why would you want anything lost? If people are interested more in this value-driven lifestyle, um, please reach out to me and I'd be more than happy. I've got a workbook and I have a lot of handouts and lots of different things on it. And I also speak to groups on it. And the other thing is, if you're looking for a network to help you step Mm -hmm. into your power, you know, take a peek at SheCan, the SheCanNetwork.com. It's just such a cool group of women. I learn from these women so much. It is so So such a fun group. I laugh my butt off. I learn. I network. They have my back. They tell me what I need to hear, not what I want to hear. It's just a very cool experience. I love it. And I am so excited to be a part of the community. Um, I will absolutely include your LinkedIn, any information, perhaps if you have any workbooks or templates, maybe journal prompts, I will absolutely include all that information in my show notes. So everyone listening can find you. Um, but I absolutely love it, Peggy. And I would love to introduce you to the next segment of today's episode, which is sadly Mm -hmm. the last, but it is called syllabus steps, which is really a time for us to recap what we've learned from your experience and how we can really integrate it into our lives. So do you have any, you know, tools? I know you have a couple that you've created yourself, which is awesome, but any other tools, books, resources, or practices that have really supported you into making that transition from surviving to thriving? And how can we 20 something start to incorporate more of a growth mindset and really feel successful and like we're living a value-driven life on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, I would say, I mean, there are lots of tools that I've probably got, you know, a number of tools um, in my program. But the other one that I think is really important is the effort versus impact matrix. Mm. And too many times we embark and we do something and it doesn't really have an opportunity to have much impact on, on, on our lives. And I have an effort versus impact matrix that forces you to grade 
initiatives so that you understand how much effort is it going to take and what am I going to get out of it? And many times things take a whole bunch of effort and the end result really isn't going to get us that much ahead or really bring us that much joy or is not worthwhile. So I always tell people, think really hard about the effort you're putting into something and the impact that it's going to have the potential because, you know, we wait all waste so much time. I think at the end of the day, so many times we feel like, you know, we've, we've wasted time. And if you get the discipline to start out and evaluate things before you initiate them. And it's not a full project plan. It's a, it's a 20 minute exercise. I think I do that every time I begin anything that's going to take me more than two hours to do, because that 20 minutes many times will remind me that I shouldn't be doing this. That's, that's not really going to get me too much. It's a waste of my time. And so I think that I think I think the the scorecard and then I think the last thing is every human being has 90 minutes of concentration power. No human being can focus and concentrate on any activity for more than 90 minutes. That's your energy inside your brain and your ability to focus and to concentrate. And so so many times we sit down to do something and we'll be like, I'm just going to sit here till it's done. Well, <laughs> yeah. that is just not a good, productive way to do things. you got to remember that your body, your mind needs a break every 90 minutes. It could be something as small as walking to the mailbox, grabbing mm. a cup of coffee, petting your cat. You know, it can be really almost anything, but just something to get you out of your head and get you out of that activity. That's so huge. those are my three tips and tricks. That should be stated to every corporate job in America. I feel like we ha- think that we have to sit down for hours and hours and be productive and we're really not. And do you have any other like any books that you can recommend besides yours, of course? You know, I'm a podcast listener. Okay, love it. I'm also, um, I I love um, reading and listening to Thrive. Um, that is a really uh, cool, cool part of, you know, what I do. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, for the most part, I write. I, I don't read, I write. I love cool. to write. Um, and the school of hard knocks. So that's really a lot of what I do. And just listening to hundreds and thousands of women tell me their stories so I can learn from them and try to see if there's a lesson that I can learn to make my life better. I love that. And I think for syllabus steps, how it relates to people and how we can learn, I think, you know, a practice or activity of that is just you know, reading, hearing different perspectives, different stories, listening to several different podcasts and learning from other people who've experienced ups and downs and, you know, learning what works for you and what doesn't. Peggy, thank you so much. I've enjoyed every second of this conversation and I've learned a lot and I'm really excited to incorporate the value report card and the effort versus impact matrix in my evening routine. I'm excited to tell my, my coach Sage Miller about this. You're awesome. I appreciate you. Thank you for being vulnerable and talking about the uncomfortable. I love you.
Yeah, me too. Me too. And anybody, hey, I'm so accessible. I love meeting new people. So reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to Regardless. I hope you've learned something from this month's Soul Conversation and will apply it to your very own syllabus. Join me next month for a new guest, a new tool, and a new perspective. If you found value in this podcast, please empower your tribe by sharing, leaving a comment, review, and or subscribe. Catch new episodes on the second and fourth week of every month on all major audio podcast platforms. For more information about my life and updates about the podcast, head to my Instagram at Skylar Sorkin and at RegardlessThePod. Thank you for tuning into Regardless. Thank you for being vulnerable and talking about the uncomfortable. Now go kick some ass.